welcome to the 9642 podcast. This is your host, Mr. Number 9. And this is The Fool. Your 96 best place to listen to... For 10 years. Yes. Yes. Um, for our 10th season of our mostly up-to-date... And unqualified. And unrequested. Ramblings of the various issues in the world of sport. Or something like that. Hello everyone, welcome to our 10th season. I can't believe the deck, we've already been doing this for a decade, almost to the day, looking back at our old recordings. Yeah, yeah, I know, it's crazy. So it's um, a day, well, a year, 10 years and a month maybe, month and a half? Yes. It's the first so month. In that, in that time we've covered three World Cups, two Euros, Ooh. and... Uh, uh, and a uh, two, two ODI World Cups, um, maybe 20 million T20 <laughs> World Cups. One every other day. One every other w- day a week. Uh, two Test World Championships. Yep. And a few couple of Super Bowls and a few things here and there. Stop. Yeah, a few other things <laughs> here and there. Yeah. But yeah, definitely keeping our core content the football and obviously yeah. our other great lo- the, the sport we like to cheat on football with the cricket yeah. <laughs> but no it's been yeah it's been a good 10 years I would think yeah. same plenty of things happened plenty of changes yeah. and, and everything you know, I mean if you look at the even just look at you say the Brennan Brothers of the EPL and looking how different it is now compared to 10 years ago absolutely um, we back that we the first season we covered uh, Sir Alex Ferguson had just retired yeah and David Moyes took over uh, Manchester United since then um, Manchester United has had I think five I want to say different managers um, Jose Mourinho came back to Chelsea yeah. I want to say there's been like 50 different managers at Chelsea in that time minimum minimum like, that's, like, really that's like the last two years. Um, Manuel Pellegrini was going won that season in yeah. his debut season for Manchester City. He is still the one of uh, he is still I think the only Man City manager to do it in their first season. Yeah. And of course they've only had the two. Um, and Liverpool and that time oh they had went from. Brendan Rodgers to um, uh, uh, to maybe one or two uh, take, uh, caretaker managers until Klopp showed up. Yeah, one or two. Uh, he's been there a while, a long time as well. And no surprises, those two are the most successful clubs in that era. Yeah, exactly. And that was, was that the year? 2014. No, that was, yeah. That season's the one, the fours with Big Horse, Little Horse, and Gerard Slip as well. Yeah. Yeah, the slip. Can't, the slip. can't forget the slip. I can't. A crucial it. moment in the history of uh, f- football. And of Still course, the heart. very next year, Steven Gerrard, in his last ever match against Manchester United, would come on for 10 seconds, get a red card, and get sent off. <laughs> it was one of the highlights of my year um good times 
Yeah, we didn't see peak Ger- uh, Steven Gerrard in our time in the podcast. We did see the last glimmer of Super Frank because he managed yes. to win one with Pellegrini. Yes. So that sounds about right, yeah. And he got to have one good season as a manager for Chelsea. Had the one season. It was good. Yeah, if only he had the one season, right? That he had the one season. It's, it's, it's good. The Fair enough. Out. It's fine. He's super um, Frankie Lampard. He's fine. Exactly. But now we're so close to the beginning of the season. Uh, it's mm. incredible to me to think that we're about to start in a couple of weeks. The Premier League, like, I always talk about things have not returned back to normal, and they genuinely haven't. Um, Basically, middle of August, they're going to start again. Um, Since a certain uh, event that happened in late 2019, all the way until, well, still going on. Still going. uh, We uh, have not really had a regular type season for a while every season's been compressed in some way and obviously the world cup last season left it compressed even further yeah this has so this will be the first after the season will be the first we'll probably have a proper off season mm. yeah i mean this off season's not been too too bad it's like i think our last because usually the games end before June, and the players tend to get two and a half months. Yeah. And this games. time it ended, like, just before July, and, you know, they got a month and yeah. a bit. Before they had to come in for their friendlies and all that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, I think it makes a big difference. Like, you know, the, I think, for two months of that, probably there's four weeks of preseason. So they would get a proper four to five weeks off for players, um, you know, because there was no international games um, in the middle of this season, unless uh, you play for the women's team. Um, but the um, they haven't really had that, but we'll see. Uh, they've probably had more rest than they've had in the last few seasons, so we'll see yeah, maybe yeah. the difference. Um, now, we are going to do our beginning of the season preview for the league, uh, what do you like, alphabetical order? Let's go alphabetical, basically. Alright. So, look at any other order at the moment, right? I mean, look, Arsenal is always first at alphabetical order, except, um, for some reason, uh, some websites go AFC. If they're going to use AFC Birmingham, you have to put them above Arsenal in your alphabetical order table. I think. It's, it's, every website, every different place that has a EPL table seems to do it differently about how Bournemouth sorts itself out. So, yeah, AFC, because. Here it's here. They just don't really want to have a consistency across it. Yeah, I. It's ridiculous. They need to sort it out. Bournemouth, like, yeah, they should be top of the league 
uh, uh, if they're going to be called AFC Bournemouth, if you're going to put the AFC in there at the beginning. So, we'll start with the the North London Gunners, the Arsenal. Mm -hmm. The team, a certain member of my immediate family might be slowly deciding to support. Oh dear. They had a great season last season, came second, um, they're in the Champions League this season, um, I think very good pe players they've bought in, I, obviously in the January transfer window they've had, they got Jorginho and Trossard mm. in, and I think they'll have a preseason under their belt, Churi and Timber, who can play right back and right wing, gonna be very good useful, good. Yeah, player from Ajax, um, and they have Declan Rice. Um, yeah. There seems to be a mistake in the uh, ESPN soccer net thing because they've got Kai Havertz as an outgoing to Chelsea. I'm sure you're like, no, 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 you have, you've bought him. No, yeah. no, no backsies. No backsies. Has he come? Yeah, that is weird that they've got him there. So he's definitely gone the other way on that date. So. Yes. So he's Kai Havertz has come in as well. Um, yeah. Another forward. Who can play as a false nine, play along the wings. I'm, I'm sure Arteta, like, okay, I think we can all agree he's a very talented player. He is a um, very just, talented player. Does he fit? He clearly didn't fit Chelsea's system. He might no. fit Arsenal's system. Whether or not a player fits Chelsea's system is going to be a thing when we talk about Chelsea. Um, Granit Xhaka has left great servant to Arsenal Football Club. Gone back to... Bayer Neverkusen to end his career looks like but yeah I think he'll be remembered fondly by the Gunners club yeah, captain yeah. Um, won the FA Cup and the League Cup for them um, yeah I think oh sorry two FA Cups for them so yeah I think uh, he's uh, he's gonna be remembered fondly by Arsenal fans but I like Arsenal I think I would be quite confident about them I'm I think top four at least for Arsenal I don't know where in the top four I wouldn't be surprised if they were second or even first for that matter but you know if people are putting them in their predicted second I'm like oh yeah but I'll be conservative and say Arsenal third my prediction uh, I think like they haven't weakened their their squad right so far They've only got it yeah, stronger. It's a, it's a question were, of whether they have enough bodies to do Champions League and... And they, that is the big question. And they've got a few extra ones in, I guess. They've still got a little bit longer in the... They will leader, get so. more players, I think. Yeah. I think they, they definitely will need to get another midfielder, I think, mm. to support um, and probably another centre-back. Probably. Um, sort of, that's to be fair. Those are places you can always you can't have too many. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think they just need more bodies. They need those sort of yeah. players, centre backs, uh, uh, a a mid central midfielder, maybe a left fullback to back up Kieran Tierney. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, they've got a solid squad. Like their their starting eleven is as good as any starting eleven. Yeah, in okay. the Premier League. Like, there's no question for me. Um, on their day, more than capable of beating even Manchester City's starting eleven. Yeah. Um, it's a question of, you know, how 
long how well that squad will handle the extra workload because uh top four is competitive okay top five is competitive because this season it's very very likely there will be top five will qualify for yes. the uh, champions league because i think england will get the legacy spot yeah so it'll be uh, the highest place team that didn't already qualify so in theory you can have uh six teams from england Ooh. um so, sorry s in theory apparently you can have seven teams from england if Ooh. there's a champions league cha if a champ the winner of the champions league is does not finish in the top five mm -hmm. and when the winner of the europa league is english and doesn't finish in the top five Oh, right, yeah, and then the top. Five so that's four. the maximum in theory any country could have. I'm just saying England, England and Spain have the top two, so the maximum though is seven for those two countries in theory. In theory, yeah. Well, maybe one day we'll see it. It'll be hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I don't see. I can foresee a day it happening in England because of the top six, or top yeah. seven is really competitive. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's quite likely someone could win the Champions League, but fail, will not have as good a league run, and therefore be outside the top five, and then have someone else be in the Europa that's done really I well. Mean, so, yeah. If Brighton wins Europa League, they'll be in the Champions League. There's a yeah, decent exactly. chance they won't finish fifth. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, like, they could finish as high as fifth, absolutely, but I'm just saying there's a decent chance they won't because it's a very competitive top five at the moment. Um, but yeah, Arsenal, I think that's, for me, uh, expected position is third. I'd put them expected position second, but third, uh, I'm just being optimistic for them given how good the last season they had by the last, like, three weeks. Yeah, fair enough. Next up, we have another team that competed really well last season, uh, overperformed expectations, and also has had an incredible transfer window. We go to the villains of Aston Villa. They're going to be yeah. playing in the Europa uh, Europa League, um, but they got Musa Diaby from Leverkusen and uh, Pau Torres from Villarreal, yeah. who some people are you know basically Liverpool and Arsenal and Manchester United were trying to get. So yeah. Yuri Thillemans from Leicester. Um, yeah. Uh, so this window has so far, they've they've basically gotten a bunch of really good uh, players. Um, I can definitely see them um, continue their run. Um, they've obviously got a really good manager. As well, uh, Unai Emery, who's like a Europa League specialist. This is the team I think will that'll compete the furthest in the Europa League of the English clubs, just because you know, like I said, Unai Emery is a Europa League uh, Europa League dude. I'm pretty sure he's won it more than any other manager. All right. Yeah. Uh, like, because he led Sevilla to a bunch of Europa Leagues, and then he won yeah. it with Villarreal as well, against Manchester United. So, I, I, Aston... 
Yeah, uh, Aston Villa, I think last season was a bit of an anomaly season. A bunch of clubs got in because like Liverpool dropped, Chelsea dropped, hmm. um, Spurs dropped. Um, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen again. Um, I think Aston Villa will finish sixth, though. I think of the rest, they're going to do the best. I see. I mean, even six seems a little high, like. And oh, yeah. you're back into the, into the. I am not Tottenham. optimistic about Chelsea and Tottenham. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, still, I'm being optimistic for the two of them. So, uh, but I think you're right. The Aston Villa will be the best of the rest. So it's just you. You're thinking sixth or seventh. Uh, when we get to Chelsea, Tottenham, so make that eighth because I'm being optimistic for both Spurs and and the Blues to get back up into the into the mix. So it would make eighth for Aston Villa. Eighth. All right. Fair enough. Uh, next up, we have AFC Bournemouth. Another team that had a great season last season. Look, Bournemouth, given they were a new club uh, coming in, uh, they didn't, like, they survived relegation quite easily. That's a great result. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's a bit of a weird thing. They've, uh, they've sacked... O'Neill and got Irala in. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's an incredible coach. Antoni Irala is uh, uh, is a uh, really, really good coach, and I think he'll do really, really well. Uh, but the Bournemouth owner did say that he think Gary's done really well, and I'll always be grateful, and he's always welcome. But uh, you know, he was a caretaker manager. Um, and he's still young. I want, you know, he wanted to get somebody uh, to who's more a more experienced manager who, yeah. uh, and you know, who who's used to playing in a big league. Um, Irala has uh, led via Rio Valcano to 11th last season at, oh, in yeah. La Liga. Given Rio Valcano is basically like Madrid's fourth club. Yeah. There, he. I think he's done really, really well. So, that is very there. Cool. It's hard to say. New manager in in the Premier League. It's always tough. So, yeah. I think. Uh, I think Bournemouth finished fifteenth last season. Um, I don't think they will be relegated. That I think the club has a good culture and a good squad, mm. and I think they do have a good manager. Um, yeah. So. I think they'll finish uh, sixth, uh, 17th. No, 16th, actually, no. Not 17th, 16th. Yeah, I'm happy to say the same, that they'll be around 15th, 16th. I think, as you say, they should um, survive relegation. And I think they'll be about the same as this year. I think that... I don't... They might get a little bit better. They might not, but I think yeah. on average... I'm happy to say they'll be about the same as they are now, so yeah, 15th or 16th. Yeah, I mean, they've gotten a bunch of players in, including Justin Clivert, who's uh, Patrick Clivert's son, um, and players from all over Europe. Like, I will be 
honest, I don't know that many that much about all these players. Um, but you know, they do need more bodies. Bournemouth didn't yeah. buy a lot of players last season when they got promoted into Premier League, so no. they do need to bring in. And like, it's not like Nottingham Forest where they had extra thirty players, or Chelsea who I think had like you know two hundred new players, give or take. We had half the world's population, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, they needed to heavily recruit and refresh, you know, get people in at least quad depth, you know. Yeah. So I think the the t- I I am confident that Bournemouth won't have second season syndrome. I'm I'm not sure about the other promoted clubs. Um, moving on from Bournemouth, we go to the mighty bees of South London. Yeah. Um, Brentford FC. Um. Obviously, they had a great season last season. I believe they finished ninth last season. Because yeah. I think Chelsea were tenth. Uh, yes, yes, no, not no. We were Chelsea were tenth. We were no. Ch- we were Crystal Palace. Fulham was tenth. Crystal Palace was eleventh. We were twelfth. We were right. even close to the top half. Like that's right. It was we West Ham. West Ham were the only le- London club below you, and let's be fair, they won the Conference League, so, you know, they got a trophy. We were only 10 points off relegation. Just just putting it into context. Yeah, fair. Um, looking at the um, Brentford transfers, um, once again, lot, not a lot of players I know much about. Nathan Collins from Wolves is a good player. Um, there's a bunch of players from uh, all over the world, but Brentford have a really good scouting model. I'm sure they're, uh, you know, when they bring the players in, they'll they'll see if they fit the system, and you know, the and they will. They don't have European football to worry about, so they're a team that can potentially go up the rankings. Um, but uh, there's other clubs who are more well-resourced who are not playing in Europe this season, so that might be tough for them. They finished, as you said, uh, 11th, I think. Uh, sorry, it was Crystal Palace ninth. that finished 11th, right? They ninth, finished 9th? Yeah. 9th, yes. They finished 9th. I think that'll be a very creditable performance. I think 9th again, Brentford. Yeah, yeah, I think top ten is 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 definite. Um, Maintaining top ten and a deep cup run. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm pushing a few. I'm pushing Chelsea up above them, but yeah, I think yeah, top ten, nine or ten seems about right. So I think basically them, Aston Villa, and not to be hashtag spoilers, but Brighton will be sort of that. The next set after the quote-unquote big clubs. So. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of, we go to the the Brighton uh, uh, and Hove Albion. We the uh, the owner of which is the rival of Brent for its owner. Um, two algorithm clubs. There, uh, so Brighton's had a bunch of sales, um, which always happens to Brighton. But yeah, I've always said that I worry about how 
sustainable that model will be. Like, eventually, you know, can you keep buying good players to replace the quality of players? Like, they seem to always replace them with better players somehow um, at Brighton. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Uh, they've got, like, Alexis McAllister ha is gone. Obviously, they saw Leandro Trossard in the January transfer window. Um, and they have... And Myoses Caicedo, everybody seems to think, will be going to Chelsea. Yeah, that does seem to be the, the rumours going around. Um, and look, McAllister, Caicedo are both very good players. Definitely going to be missed by any team. Um, but they have had a bunch of players come in, including um, James Milner coming in from Liverpool to spend a season or two I guess in the twilight of his career yeah yeah and um that's, that's and, for Brighton really yeah I can you imagine James Milner made his Premier League late debut 20 years ago 20 seasons ago wow uh, yeah. as a as a 15 year old I want to say might have even been a 14 year old oh really because he was younger than Wayne Rooney, and they made their debut in the same season. All right. And Rooney's been retired for, you know, six, seven years, and he's a manager yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, crazy to think, really. Yeah. So, yeah, that's an incredible... Um, uh, Soccer Nets got him 2005-2006 season. Starts. Might be that... Late. Yeah, you're right. Might have been that late, but okay. Because I just, you know, because in my head I for some reason think Rooney made his debut season in 2004, but you're right, it was probably 2005, 2006. Looks, yeah. But yeah, the. Uh, well done to him. He's still been around for ages, and I think he'll definitely help. Brighton um, is such a versatile player. He'll be able to cover so many positions for Deserby. I can't like um, Brighton's a team I'm looking forward to watching. Um, they are going to be in the Europa League this season. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they prioritize. Mm. Um, they're a club that will probably not be threatened by relegation. I think. So I think, but at some point, I think they're going to start prioritizing um, Europa games towards the end of the season, especially if they make the knockouts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my thinking is they will finish. They'll do, it's like when Burnley qualified for Europe and Wolves qualified for Europe, right? Um, yeah. So I think they're going to finish 13th. Yeah, I think I'd still stick them maybe a little higher than that, but I think, yeah, saying sport as before, you know, the best of the rest was going to be Aston Villa, Brentford, um, and and Brighton. Yeah, this of that, the rest, you had Fulham into there and Crystal Palace and stuff. The rest, Brighton were the best ones this year. I don't think, I think they'll be near the bottom of that, the rest pack. So I think, uh, Aston Villa and Brentford definitely will be above them. And say maybe Crystal Palace, maybe Wolves, West Ham, maybe. Um, but that, so that's putting them around that 11th, 12th. 
yeah, I was 13th sort of position, so I might put them at 12th. Yeah, that's why I think one above you. Actually. Fair enough. Alright, so we then go to Burnley, newly promoted. Um, Vic Vincent Company has led this club into from the championship. They were incredible down there. Um, I'm not going to pretend I know much about the players they've brought in. Um, James Trafford from Manchester City, so that's clear. He, I think that'll be a good player. Apparently he's been touted as a good player by Manchester City insiders. Yeah. And they're from their academy. I'm guessing that's how company knows him. Um, I think the team are going to do really And apparently he did really well in the under uh, 23s. World Cup, yeah. to under twenty one World Cup. So he's a goalkeeper. Yes, oh, yes. So I mean, if they're already upgrading to a sweeper keeper type player to start uh, playing from the back, uh, yeah, definitely. The def that definitely could be interesting and fun to see. I think Burnley. Uh, a season back, they want to survive. I think I can I feel like Vincent Company is a good manager, so I think that of the uh, this is the first team we're reviewing. That's a newly promoted side. I th I think they will just finish seventeenth. Mm. Yeah, I look at it and go, who are they going to? Yeah, finish above, and that is is. One of those ones that's hard to work out, really, I think. Other than maybe... There's a club from last season that didn't get relegated, who I think is definitely getting relegated this season. <laughs> I mean, yes. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to see. I think there's a couple in there that probably go down. Yeah, so, I think and... it's going to be yeah. tough this season for the newly promoted clubs, which is why I think Burnley will just make it to... Getting promoted, yeah. I getting see. avoiding relegation. Let's see how that that works out. Um, I'm just trying to think whether I'm feeling one of the others is going to just keep up because I feel like Burnley will be right there on the the cusp. Let's say whether it's 17th or 18th. 18th well, is relegation, right? I know that's what I mean. I feel like they're going to be Burnley's going to be. Right there on the on the cusp of it, neither just just stay up or just go down. So mm -hmm. I'm sort of fifty fifty between the two of them, but let's put them at at seventeenth as well. I feel I'm feeling lucky for them. Yeah. Next, we go to the Mighty Blues, uh, Chelsea Football Club. Bunch of players have come out. Lots of players will be um, have come into the team as well. Um, he among them, Christopher Nkuku from RB Leipzig and Angelo Gabriel um, from Santos. Um, Diego Moreira from Benfica. They've been finding players and they've gotten rid of a bunch of people who were dead weight. Pierre... Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Christian Pulisic, uh, David Fafana. Oh, I missed that. Pulisic had gone, but yeah. 
Pulisic has gone to Milan. Um, yeah. And says Cesar Esquipulieta has finally uh, ended his Chelsea career, left for Bad. Atletico Madrid. On a free, Mason Mount to Manchester United, yeah. uh, Khalidou Koulibaly to Al-Hilal, um, Edward Mendy to Al-Ahli, Rob yeah. Ruben left his cheek to Milan as well. Yeah, yeah, that was also uh, sad. Uh, N'Golo Kante to El Etihad, yeah. Matteo Kovacic to Manchester City. Yeah, yeah, knew that one was coming, that was well. And, yeah, so there's a bunch of... Look, there's a bunch of players who in there where I go, that to leave. They did have to. Even Kante, wonderful player. He's not at his peak anymore. He's He's been more injured over the last two seasons than he has played, Kante. Yeah, and I fully expect him to be a gun in Saudi Arabia. Like, he'll be an amazing player. He will carve it up there. And he'll play a lot better, a lot freer, and won't get Mm -hmm. as much injuries, so he'll be fine. So... It has been. It was, there's two in there saying, Heaven as Legretta leaving it are sad. It's a sad days for. as a fan, but you also. it's acknowledgement that it was time for both of them. I feel like if they were knew that they were gonna go, Chelsea should have let the. Fa- like, it's why I feel bitter about David De Gea, David De Gea leaving Manchester United, because I'm just like, look, David De Gea's been an absolute Manchester United legend. He's seventh on our all time. Appearances list, four-time player of the year, won the Golden Glove twice, including last season. So, just like, you know, the fans should have had an opportunity to say goodbye to him. Yeah. Like, give him a proper uh, send-off. And, like, Aspie is in that same bracket, I think, at Chelsea. Yeah, once again, I think part of that was... A part of that's him. He didn't want to have the big send-off, and a bit was just he was also injured towards the end of the season. Because Asby was always and, going. Like, when you... Yeah. He wanted to go back to Madrid. He... There was thoughts that he'd he might stay and see out his career here, because his kids have been... He basically grew up in London, and had been... Yeah. Uh, and sort of felt more more there, but, you know, his heart's back in, in Spain. So, it was yeah. just about where um, in Spain he went to more than anything. Yeah, and I think also like it's a bit more of a bitter pill because David De Gea's last appearance for Manchester United is obviously that cup FA Cup final where the, yeah. he did not play well against Manchester City. Um, now, the more disturbing ones are players like Mason Mount leaving. I think Ruben Loftus Cheek leaving, mm-hmm. and yeah. like Christian Pulisic. Okay, maybe he's a good player, but didn't quite fit. In I Chelsea, at the end of the day, Pulisic fitted okay. We just didn't. We played well with him. We played him well at one point, but basically over the last two years, they just haven't been able to. They've, I don't know. They've changed what they're wanting to do, and Pulisic didn't seem to fit into it anymore. Even though what they were looking, they were buying players that were basically Pulisic. It's like, yeah. Why? Why are we buying these players? We we have these players. Like, how about yeah. we just play? The players we have that play well in this position, in those positions, and in those roles. How about that? No? Okay, we're going to play by players that do the same thing. Okay, fine. Whatever. So, which, I mean, yeah. it also says things. Mason Mount is, is sad, but once again, he just, whilst he'd been 
giving his hat and soul. You can see he gave his hat and soul to Chelsea out on the field. It just hadn't been happening, and too much was left on his shoulders to do, I think, as part of it. So he can go off to, to United, and he'll once again probably play really well and carve up there because he's way too good a player. But, I think yeah. so too. I think Mason Mount is the sort of player no club should want to lose, especially a club of Chelsea's. And I think Ruben yeah. Loftus-Cheek is in that bracket as well. Yeah. Like I think Pulisic, I... he divides opinion, but I don't think any Chelsea fans think Mason Mount's a waste or Ruben Loftus-Cheek is a waste. Oh, you you, ha you haven't read the Chelsea Reddit, have you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, right. There's, there's plenty right. of so-called Chelsea fans that think they're waste, but... That, to be fair, that's Reddit. You know, you always get that sort of crap there. Yeah. But any, I would say, yes. any true Blues fan would think they're good. And like, Ruben Loftus Cheek has been with Chelsea since he was like nine in the academy. So it is even Saturday to see him head off, yeah. off to a different team. It's like, he's been with us for so long and just did everything he needed to do for the club and. And everything's just... And I feel like Conor Gallagher's going to leave at some point as well. He's just getting too many bids and Chelsea yeah. seems to be a bit unstable. Um, the other thing is Chelsea don't have a goalkeeper. They're going to start with Kepa. Well, he played well last season. So Kepa is a... Kepa ended up being the, the first choice goalkeeper last year. And he's definitely stepped up especially through the second half of last year, even all of last year, really. But especially the second half, he stepped up and was clearly the better goalkeeper um, there. So, I mean, wasn't helped a lot by what was happening around him, but if we get a decent defence in front of him, then I think he'll be fine. But, I mean, yeah. there is plenty of goalkeepers in the squad, but other than Kepa, I suppose we've got uh, Bettinelli, so you know he's he's been around. He's okay. He's an able backup, and the rest of them are just young ones. So we'll have to see how they go. Yeah. Um, moving from Chelsea, we go to South London to Crystal Palace. The Eagles. Um, just before they're about to move into their new home in. The, where the original Crystal Palace was, and it's, it's, it's an incredible stadium. I've seen the thing. It looks like it's going to have giant glass um, walls around it to make it look like the old Crystal Palace. It's going to be really, really cool. Um, so they are... Um, they've had a few transfers come in, so not that many so far. Um, though I think uh, Albert Laconga from Arsenal on loan could be very useful for them um but you know it's uh roy he's got crystal palace they'll finish 11th do we need to discuss any further any notes to add no that sounds about, about oh right. we didn't predict chelsea's position i was gonna say we didn't predict chelsea's position yeah you're right um, i'm gonna predict they're gonna do better than last year um, hmm. There's a lot of room for improvement. There's, there is a lot. Yeah, it's Table position-wise. Yeah. It's a lot of room position for improvement just across the board. Like. Um, also, you've got a new manager with Poch. I forgot to mention that. Um, yeah. I think Poch will do really well with this team. I think 
Chelsea might not finish in the top five. Um, I did say Aston Villa were going to be sixth, right? Um, I think Chelsea might finish seventh in that they might qualify for a Europa League spot. Just because that top five is ridiculously competitive right now. Yeah. I'm being And at the moment Aston Villa I think have it more together than Chelsea do. As yeah. a squad. There's so yeah. many ingoings and outgoings. Manager is stable, he's had a season under the you know, and everything like that. I'm being very good. I will swap that around. I think Aston Villa will be seventh. Chelsea will finish sixth because Aston Villa will have Europa to deal with. So, okay, I'll swap that around. Okay, I'm I'm being optimistic and saying Chelsea bounce back and get to fifth. So that, okay. that's my that's that's where I'm being optimistic this year. It's fifth, fifth is my my goal. Look, man, you you haven't heard anything yet, so you're not the only, you're not being optimistic. <laughs> but there's a reason why Arsenal was third in my list. Um, yeah, we go to Everton next. Um, yeah, well, I have to mention very sad news about Deli Ali and that interview. Like, it was very difficult to watch that interview with him and Gary Neville on yeah. the. Um, I haven't seen the interview yet, so I can't remember the over on the overlap. Like, even Gary Neville was crying at one point. Okay. Listening to Deli Ali talk to him like it was very hard because talking about his uh, his childhood and like yeah. his addiction problems and like okay, we I know we usually end with Jose watch but we'll enter some Jose watch in here because Jose apparently after that interview immediately called him to apologize for calling him lazy in the the all or nothing documentary with Tottenham and right, yeah. they apparently had a long talk with each other and. Like, Delhi was like, no, you were really good to me. Like, you know, for I, I came back into form after you gave me that talk because you said that I'm really talented. You want the best for me. And, like, you know, I hadn't heard that from a coach in a while. Right, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so it was a very, like, you know. But, in a way, it's definitely, like I said, it's a very difficult interview. Definitely worth watching. Um, um, but, yeah. Very real. He's going to be back at Everton. It's very harsh for me to say. I don't know how well Everton will do. Like, if Deli Ali does really well, they could be incredible. Um, they don't have many incomings. Everton are basically in the Man City position. They're, like, really close to breaking FFP. They're, they might be in Man City trouble oh, oh, when it comes okay. to FFP. They've sold a bunch of players for... They haven't sold a bunch of players, like, other than Moise Keane, who... Went away on loan. He's now officially transferred for 28 million to Juventus. Um, excuse me. Um, former Manchester United and Aston Villa player Ashley Young has gone on a free to Everton. So see how he does over there. Um, he'll definitely be very good at right back for them. But at his age, I'm not sure how many games he can play for them. Look, Everton deserve to be relegated. Sean Dyche is there, I know, but how long can you keep doing miracles, Everton? I can't see it. I Like, if Everton don't get relegated next season, the, this season, the, sorry, in the upcoming season, then 
you know, they'll be able to move into their new stadium in the Premiership, and it'll be a brand new, you know, chapter for them. Maybe everything will switch around. And that's what I hope happens to them, but yeah, I'm not confident. I'm, I think they will be 18th. Unfortunately, Burnley are going to relegate his, their uh, Sean Dyche. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I'm sort of with you in that. They're out. I feel like this will be their spoilers here. Uh, if you, my one's done. The relegation battle is basically going to be Forest, Burnley, Sheffield United, Everton, and Luton Town. And I yeah. feel that's the the order. I mean, maybe Sheffield and Everton switch around, but like Luton, I don't. I know we haven't got to them yet. I, I think they may be breaking records for least points, personally. Um, They're already yeah. breaking records for their stadium. <laughs> Do they have a stadium? Technically, apparently they are gonna. They are. They spent ten million, put the lights in, oh, just nice. for one season, just because they don't want to go to Watford, which I understand. I yeah. respect yeah, that I position. Uh, but yeah, they're gonna be there. But we shouldn't switch to Luton Town. Yeah. Um, so no, Everton. I, Everton. Was, what's your prediction? Nineteenth. I was going nineteenth. Nineteenth. Okay. Next up, we have Fulham, who managed to get in, who had a great season last season, and they've got a bunch of good players. Cedric Suarez on loan from Arsenal, Shane Duffy from Brighton and Hove Albion, uh, Willian, who apparently didn't have a team, so came in for a free, and Sasa Lukic from Torino. Um, solid players. Uh, by my recollection, Fulham don't have uh, European football to worry about this season. Um, um, so they'll be playing no, in... Finished 10th, so yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're a team that's primed to, uh, I think, do well. Um, my prediction for Fulham, um, Marcus Silva is going to keep... The, if he sta if Marcus Silva stays at Fulham, they'll finish 10th again. They'll keep their position, maintain it. Yeah, I don't think I, Fulham are getting second season syndrome. I had them. I had them slightly better at ninth, um, but that was just mostly because I think we. I had. Um, yeah, I think ninth was my my spot for them. If I remember correctly, but as long as I'm just making sure I haven't screwed up and doubled up any spots, this, which I'm sure I have. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been. Haven't. Yeah, I was with you that they they will perform about as good as last year, I think. I don't see them having yeah. the second season syndrome either. They've got a decent squad. They finish comfortably mid-table. They'll finish comfortably mid-table again. Yeah. They're, uh, yeah, I think, and Fulham, their owner are wealthy enough to fund them with... Uh, give, give the bring in more players in the January window if it is needed. Um, moving on from Fulham, we go to Liverpool. Um, they have got in uh, Alexis McAllister from Brighton Hove Albion, 
and Dominic Sibasai from uh, Red Bull Leipzig. Um, two very good players. Liverpool, I don't know if they've completed their rebuild, but you know, they still have Mo Salah at the club. Um, obviously, uh, Bobby Firmino is leaving this season, um, or has left for Al-Ali. Yeah. And James Milner has left, uh, Fabio Carvalho has left. So they have had a few outgoings, they've brought in some quality players, and I'm sure they'll have some players from their academy come up. Um, and so my... Oh, just uh, this just came in. Fulham and Wolves agreed to Jimenez transfer. So okay, so Fulham are definitely going to maintain that position. Jimenez yeah, yeah. is also going there. Jimenez. Um, yeah. Rethink my. And also, uh, they've got Liverpool also losing Jordan Henderson. Yeah. Uh, to El Etifak. So, yeah, uh, it's I can't see Liverpool. They're, the clubs above them have all brought in more players, mm. and they seem more settled. And Klopp's uh, team seems older and less settled. Like they're reliant on Salah for goals a lot, and their defense doesn't have Virgil Van Dijk at peak Virgil Van Dijk ability anymore. Yeah. So I think though they're still Liverpool. They still have mentality and they still have the culture so I still think Liverpool will finish fifth it'll be they'll get just into the Champions League I mean yeah I'm sort of I'm very agreeing with you I mean they've got Gakpo in there that he came at the beginning of the the year yeah during the um, January transfer window so that is um, adding potentially more goals there you know, maybe not as reliant on Salah, but still, it's so reliant on Salah when you look down the list. Um, yeah. Like, it's more and more, you just wonder where is the attacks coming from. they got people who can finish it, but then others... That also, can... where's the defence coming from? Yeah, there's no defence. <laughs> the defence is, yeah. I mean, they got a few young players in their squad that might be able to step up and and do it, but, yeah, there's a lot of older legs in there in the defense i mean they still got alexander arnold but yeah we're saying defense so see how how Trent goes but um i had them at six i was popping them down one spot to for my optimistic ah. chelsea um revival so six fair enough next up we have to the much mentioned luton town yeah they've got uh, they are the club with the smallest, excuse me, team to be promoted into the Premier League. Luton Town are founder members of the Premier League, though until next until the upcoming season they had never played a Premier League game. Um, they famously were relegated the season that all the clubs voted to form the Premier League and break away, um, and they were, uh, but they also voted to form the Premier League. So, they're a founder member, um, and so now it's a romantic story. If they don't get relegated, it'll be one of the greatest, great escapes ever. Like yeah. just putting it out there. But they do have some great people brought in. The Tahit Chong came in, 
from Birmingham, and he's a from the Manchester United Academy, and Isa Kabore from Manchester City coming in yeah. as a on loan. Uh, Mads Anderson from Barnley, uh, Barnsley. Uh, so uh, it's still a very Championship level squad. I feel like Luton. It's a season too early. They'll come in, get their money, parachute payments. Next season, they'll be in their nice big stadium in the championship, and they'll come straight back up. Yeah, yeah. So, I thought is they will finish 20th. Yeah, that's where Sorry, I Luke. Sorry, headers. Sorry. Uh, look, totally play this clip if you don't get relegated. Then, like, just, you know, uh, unlike, you know, unlike... Bournemouth who missed out on us predicting them getting relegated in their slapback yeah. uh, video. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think I'm with you in our our very famous predictions of obvious relegation fodder. Um, I'm adding Luton Town to that that list. I know we're not very good at, at picking those, but um, yeah, I I don't see how Luton stays up as I said before. Like I, I worry that they're going to be uh, the lo- some of the lowest yeah. point totals ever in the Premier League. Really. Um, yeah, I mean, as you say, it's just if, too early for them. Yeah, I mean, as a side, if they had their first game at home, much like Brentford did, and they like you know sensationally beat Arsenal in their first Premier League game. Yeah. Um, then. I could see it because they're at home, like the fans are there. It's gonna be right up, you know. And they're it's their last, uh, their last um, game in that stadium and everything. Uh, last season in that stadium, so mm. I could totally see that happening. Like they could have won their first game, and maybe they would have started. But they're starting away to Brighton. It's tough, man. It's very tough. There are no easy games in the Premier League. Unfortunately for Luton, you know. The, look, you can dream the great dream, but yeah, you're, you're, I think just, you're getting down. I think just as a show of, of how it's too early, like their first home game was against Burnley, which would have been a, an awesome first home match, because it's, you know, mm. I know it would be the beginning of the season, but it's a relegation fight. Um, sort of one that's sort of there, but they've had to have it postponed because their stadium won't be ready in time, you say. They, they are upgrading it, but it's not going to be ready for the, for the start of the season so that's just to me that's just the the sign of where they're at it's like they will be there they will have a good they have a good side they have a good club they will be back and they will be competitive in the future but this season is not it this season is just yeah surprise we're here thanks for the money let's keep as much of it as we can yeah, and, yeah, and keep building for, for the future. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's next... a good way to get a new stadium built, though, because they got prize money for oh, getting yeah, up. Yeah, well, they already they have already paid for the stadium, so now they've got bonus money they can invest in other things. Yeah. Um. Now, so you agree twentieth? Twentieth, definitely. Okay. By some distance. Sorry, illusion. Yeah. Uh, will they make double-digit points? Ooh, that's where I'm struggling. I'm, I think they. Will Derby just... did ninth. That's the lowest Premier League points total. 
I think I think Luton will make it to double digits, but just like ten or eleven, maybe twelve. Yeah, because if they have ten or eleven points, then there is a decent chance that a club with more than forty, maybe even as high as forty-two points, gets relegated. Yeah, that will be the thing. They could be make the relegation fight that much more different. Yeah. Um. Anyway, moving on, we go to the champions of everything, Manchester yes. City. Yes. Um, they've had some incredible... They've had Matteo Kovacic come in. Yeah. So far, the only incoming bunch of people going out, especially from their academy. And, of course, Ilke Gundogan moves to Barcelona. Hmm. Hmm. On a free. Hmm. All right, Barcelona. <laughs> we'll just nod and move aw move along. Yeah. But yes, yeah. the. Don't worry. I think the 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 best Barcelona move is still to come. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But anyway, City. Yeah. So they're at. Uh, City. Okay. Let's just get this out of the way. They're finishing first. Yes. They may even retain the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They. This season may be a season of. Sorry, how many trophies do we have? Yes, we lost them all. Thank you. Will City get the quadruple? Or the quintuple, or the sextuple? I think there is. If you count the two, the super. The, well, you count the, the Club World Cup, I think. Oh yeah. Oh, and there's also. Yeah. So there's eight? the club. So there's a club World Cup. There is yeah. an intercontinental cup between your yeah. UEFA and Comnebol. There's a UEFA Champions League. There's an FA Cup. There's a League Cup, and there's a Premier League. I don't count the Charity Shield. I was saying we count the Charity Shield and what's the Super Cup for the UEFA. Oh, the UEFA Super Cup definitely yeah. count. So if you count the Charity Shield, there's eight. They could, they could eight. come away with eight bits of silverware this year. The octuple. The octuple. Is the octuple on? Is the octuple on? Uh, I, I think the ch city might lose the intercontinental trophy <laughs> somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, they've got the a deep the three, the three shield, the three ones that count the least. Yeah, the intercontinental the Super Cup and the Community Shield. Yeah. And they'll be playing Arsenal in the char in the Community Shield, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, let's try and move it. Because, because they won the FA Cup. Yeah, they're not playing you guys then. I don't second place think... And FA Cup. I can't remember which... Yeah, it's against Arsenal. It's always the second place team because it always has to be a game. Yeah, yeah. So it's a no. second place team yeah, if you've won the FA Cup as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I couldn't remember if it was the second placed league team or the second placed FA Cup team if you'd won both. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Right. They're playing Arsenal, so it's the second placed league team. Yeah. So we'll see if the we'll see if the octuple is on in a few weeks. Uh, but yeah, first, first, first. No, no need to divide. I don't know if they'll repeat winning the Champions League, but yeah, 
they'll go far. They'll at least make the semis. Yeah, exactly. Is that I think uh, uh, I'm making bold predictions here. Well, Manchester City winning the league, and uh, <laughs> no, actually, let's. Uh, I I'm not. They're not gonna finish first. They're gonna retain the Champions League. They're gonna win the FA Cup. They're gonna win the League Cup. They're gonna win the World Cup. They'll come second in the league because nobody's won four in a row, and nobody's ever going to. <laughs> so they're gonna finish second. <laughs> Which obviously means, next up, Manchester United are clearly going to finish first. Clearly. Just for the record, I've got City as first. Yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt. By the way, this is contingent on the idea that Manchester City will sign a striker <laughs> of some sort. Maybe. See how you go. Yeah. Maybe United's just trying to pretend that they're like City from a couple of years back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Manchester United so far in their um, uh, in the team's transfers. Like, obviously they finished third last season. I think they will improve on that because Ten Hag will have... Ha he's already qualified for the ch for got a trophy and a top four finish in his first season compared to Arteta who only got an FA Cup um, and Manchester United were theoretically much worse than Arsenal were when Ar Arteta took over all right yes in terms of the squad quality yeah because I think Arsene Wenger and Unai Emery left them with a reasonable squad. Yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, their incomings so far this window have been Mason Mount, Andre Onana, and Johnny Evans. Yes. Um, anyway, Johnny Evans and apparently his twin sons are trying to sign for Manchester United from City, from the youth team. Uh -huh. um, the uh, Mason Mount is obviously a very, very good player. He's going to fit in in multiple different formations for Ten Hag, um, both as a central mid, defensive mid, or even like an attacking mid. You know, depending on who's he could he could be a starter in all those positions. He can be a backup for a bunch of people on those positions, like Casemiro. He can partner Casemiro. He can back up Casemiro. Yeah. He could partner Bruno or you know, be a backup for Bruno when Bruno's uh, uh, not playing. All these things. Um, United are definitely going to sell a few more players. I can't... Uh, so far, at the moment, the biggest... Uh, so far, it's only been players who are not really starters, like Alex Terez has gone to El Nasser. Um, and Zidane Iqbal has gone to Utrecht, but a lot of the players are staying in. There have been some talk that players from the youth team like Hannibal and the like are potentially going to uh, make the step up into the uh, first uh, into the uh, first team this season and get starting minutes. Um, they still have a decent defense, I think. And Andre Nana, this is the thing. I, I, my thoughts are Andre Nana is going to have an incredible season. He basically, if you watched the Champions League final against uh, 
against Manchester City, he basically made them afraid to press. And Holland basically retreated. Hmm. And was ineffective in that game. Yeah, Literally, yeah. the goalkeeper took them out, took him out by positionally outplaying him. Yeah. Like he had an incredibly good game, and he's had an incredibly good season. Apparently, yeah. he he there were no goals conceded from goalkeeper mistakes by him. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he's uh, expected. He had. Save six above his expected goals conceded, nice. so he saved six six on top of what he should have. Uh, yeah, what, yeah. You know what? what basically, so that very very good. And the other parts of his game is like he's an incredible passer. Like he has something ridiculous. Like ninety five percent of his passes are completed. Yeah, um, that's crazy. And something, uh, and like that includes like deep passes. So it's like he's an incredible player, but apparently, like every, uh, fa like uh, everyone who's been commenting from the clubs he used to play for, like Ajax and uh, Inter, and also like Cameroon fans, are just like, bro, he is. It's like uh, uh, you need a strong heart to watch him. It's gonna be like you know squeaky bum time every time he's there because he he has no fear he just goes out and you know passes the ball dribbles around players and then you know tries to get the pass that takes out as many you know uh, takes out as many attackers as possible yeah 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 so basically he he's very good at punishing the press nice nice and that's basically what Brighton does as a team. He tends to do by himself. <laughs> um, like when he's on fire. So basically yeah, yeah. that's what I'm hoping. Like if he can do something like that. Like there was a big conversation. I think you and I. And it's been something that Manchester United fans have been. Well, there's hail outside. Um, yeah, no, there's been much... Uh, talk about Manchester United is if you can only afford one, do you get a goalkeeper or a striker? Yeah. And basically it worked out, people were like, oh, a goalkeeper is increasing the floor and a striker is increasing the ceiling. Alright, yeah. Um, I think Andre Nana does increase the ceiling as well, just because he will be, you know, he's just going to start the attacks quicker for United from the back. And if the they way, can play out from... Hmm? I was just going to, by the way, it looks like, just reading here, that, um, you know, we had that discussion about, you know, for United, you know, goalkeeper, if you had wanted, could only have one goalkeeper or striker. United went with two goalkeepers, as they are uh, hoping to yeah, find yeah. Alte Bindia as well, so. Yeah, I've, I've seen that as well, and there's like yeah. a... Uh, a uh, bunch of strikers being linked to Manchester United as well at this yeah. point. Um, we'll see Rasmus Holland or Harry Kane. There's always rumors out and about. If okay, let me put this out there. I know you uh, you said that you think Manchester City are definitely finishing first. If Harry Kane signs for Manchester United, would you change your mind? Probably still not. But maybe would you changing? change them to second instead yeah. of? I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so I have Arsenal at the second at the moment. I think if Kane does go to United, especially with um, 
yeah, Kane goes to United. You say Anana, their mount at United with the team United have. I think that makes makes the the at a three horse race, and so things get a little bit tighter at the top there about um, how that all turns out, as opposed to the moment yeah. I think City's probably got it. Arsenal will potentially push them, but once again, you know, do they have the the squad depth they are playing Europe this year, unlike last year, like yeah, so that they did falter last year with with the. They did play in the Europa League last year and made it to the semi, so they did have European football and they. Like there will be a higher quality of opposition in the Champions mm-hmm. League, hundred, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like you know the 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 bodies are there for United. The depth of the squad is not the issue because. They've always had too many players. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the the thing I see, with, especially if Kane comes to United, is that United now becomes viable because they're going to be scoring goals as well. And they have the players to, to deal with everything the season throws at them. Arsenal I think already have the first, yeah, so the first 11 is, is good enough, is better on yeah. paper than the rest. But do they have the squad to keep that going, to keep those... Yeah, yeah. To do all that. And then City I think, has uh, all of the above, so... Yeah, I think if you have a bona fide striker, it also un- opens up Jadon Sancho, because he seems mm. to be always looking for a striker to, like, feed. Yeah. And you're... Basically, when Marcus Rashford isn't playing, like, United are terrible in attack. Just even having another, even if Kane, it's uh, Kane is, uh, even if you only get the one striker in Kane, like Marcus Rashford can deputize for him quite easily. Yeah. You know, as a, like when he's not, uh, when, uh, you know, and we have players who can cover the left hand side in that situation when, if Marcus Rashford needs to. And Anthony Martial is apparently not leaving. Oh, good. Yeah, as it's saying, well, Martial still seems to be floating around, so. He's when he's not injured, he contributes well, and there's Ahmad Diallo as well. Um, so there's definitely, uh, and obviously Alejandro Garnicho was a World Cup winner. So oh yeah, even at 19. Yeah. So yeah. So forward, you say you just need that that experience. We just need a striker, striker. Striker. Yeah. An experienced out and out striker. Like I don't know if we'll get one. Like and obviously I'm putting in Manchester United just because I don't want City to be the first team to get four in a row. <laughs> um and if I'm gonna pick a team that's not City, I may as well pick Manchester United. Fair enough. Uh, so that's gonna be my prediction. Um uh, but yeah, the I think but I think it becomes a more realistic prospect if Manchester United get an out and out striker. I mean, at the moment, like, United are third, so they say they get the out-and-out striker. Things go a bit closer, but yeah, without that, I don't see them see them keeping in touch with Arsenal and City. Yeah, um, I think I, to, I, think to I agree. Like, I don't think they'll be in the fight for, in say April. Uh, uh, you know, they're not going to be in the running to win the league in April if they are not there, uh, if they don't get a striker. Yeah. Um, now, moving on from Manchester United, we go to Newcastle United. Mm. Um, 
newly prom newly Champions League. Um, they've brought in Harvey Barnes from Leicester and Sandro Tonali from Milan, um, uh, Yakuba Minte from uh, Odense Bold Club, who I don't know much about, to be honest. Um, but they've already had a decent squad. Whew, if she, the they're apparently looking to sign Kavartashilia, uh, the Georgian player from Napoli as well, for a hundred million. Um, yeah, there's rumors coming in. Like Manchester, Newcastle United, I think will get one or two more players. Like maybe an, if they get a marquee hundred million, another marquee hundred million dollar signing in the forward line, that's gonna change everything about this team. But if they get even one or two good squad players, because they're gonna be in the Champions League this season, um, yeah, I can see them doing quite well. Again, um, I don't. I think they can maintain their position because Newcastle are not gonna be overwhelmed. They've been in the Champions League before as a club, maybe not the squad, but and Eddie Howe, I think, is a good manager. Definitely. Yes. And he's proven, like, every season at Newcastle, he just proves more and more how good he is. Um, I think they're just going to remain fourth fourth place for Newcastle. I don't That's think they're going down. No. That's where I had them as well, was fourth. Uh, that defense is just very, very good. Yes. So maybe they need a few more bodies in there, and maybe the Champions mm. League football will... will stretch their squad a bit but as you say they're still spending they're still transfer window sure they're going to get more bodies into there um, they have money to burn yeah exactly so I, it, it doesn't feel like they're going to be wanting there and if they need more when they get to january i'm sure they'll be opening up that checkbook again and and getting the more that they need so so yeah. i see them maintaining that fourth Absolutely, I agree. Next up, we have Nottingham Forest. Um, sad news for them, Trevor Francis, a club legend who just passed away, Britain's first $1 million football player. No. Um, they've also had some uh, hard news at the club. Uh, to follow, charged with 365 alleged betting breaches. Oh, we didn't mention about Ivan Tony as uh, when we talked oh, yes. about Brentford start playing at the beginning of the season because he's banned for the first six months well, yeah, of the season right. for uh, for bets I think gambling addiction is a real problem in football um, mm. and along with other addictions um, there's uh, I, and I think with Tony I accept the ban, I think that punishment needs to be there, like ban from playing, but as Thomas Frank said, by taking Tony away from the club, he can't practice, he can't train, and he can't come in, you know, ex you know the doctors and terrorists you're, uh, and the counselors, you're removing his support structure and you're like leaving him even more vulnerable, why, like he's like, he's, he just said, he's done a bad thing, but now how, why can't we help him become better and stop prevent him from doing that bad thing because you yeah, know exactly you're leaving him isolated and this is not gonna like the punishment of not playing that's fine but also but like you know the other side of it it just means it's harder for him to come out the other side um, exactly. which so, I definitely agree with 
yeah, I agree with that. It's, they need to... I can sort of understand that they want to, like, if there's problems, be, you know, come from NCs on the the contact he's having, then you want to cut that all off. But at the same time, you've got to at least put some support structures in, and cutting him off from the club sort of takes that away. I, you know. I understand that they don't want him... I understand that footballers, they don't want these... Someone who... Because he cooperated quite well with the authorities. If somebody's always denying it, it had to be caught through investigations, and, you know, there's evidence that they're trying to manipulate other players into betting and all that, I understand why you want to keep them away, but I don't think there's any suggestion that um, Tony, uh, Ivan Tony was doing that. Yeah. And... So I think that was very, uh, so I think uh, you can have some sort of code of conduct and like guidelines for Forrest and Forrest will have to kind of show the FA like, look, we're making sure he's getting help and he's training, but also like, you know, uh, we are monitoring him so that he's not falling back into bad habits and we're trying yeah. to help him through rather than, yeah, yeah, he's just coming in. We don't know if he's talking to other players, what's happening, you know. Yeah, exactly. You got to the, there's you know you got to let the support structures there, but you got to say you got to mm. provide that. And the, the club seems you know the club should be able to do that. And if they're not doing that, it's a different story. But I think I'm with you that you've got to let the club you know the club's the place that is going to be able to help them get out the other side. Rehabil yeah, to help him rehabilitate himself. Mm. Um, now. That aside, Nottingham Forest still have a very good team. Um, yeah. I think like that squad, like Kaylor Navas is one of, I think, the best goalkeepers in the world. When he came there last season, obviously he's not there anymore. But they've got Wayne Hennessy. Um, <laughs> they've still got uh, Felipe, who came in in the transfer. You know, they've got John Joe Shelby. They've got uh, Andre Ayew. And, of course, they have... The best striker in the league, Chris Wood. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's yeah. why I can't. They're not going to be relegated. Burnley got relegated because they got rid of Dyche and Wood, and I will stand on that hill, <laughs> die on that hill. Exactly. And like Nottingham Forest, as long as you have Chris Wood, you won't be relegated. Yep. Yeah, no. Hundred percent. I think that that's true. Um, and. So I think there, uh, I believe I said I thought Burnley was going to be 16th. I think uh, Nottingham Forest will be 17th. I, I think they're just going to avoid relegation. I think I had Burnley at 17th, so, but I had put Forest at 16th because it's basically the things we said. They've got a decent squad. They've definitely got good players in there. And now they've got Chris Wood, so... I mean, and those right. and those good players are now another season together, and I th I yeah. just I think um, Steve Cooper is a really really good manager, yeah, like really really good, and like I'm glad he managed to not not be relegated and survive. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, after us bagging them last year, I think City um, Forest showed that. I did not bag them last year. I predicted they would stay up. I think one of us didn't. But, hey. <laughs> it wasn't me. One of us was wrong. <laughs> um, 
Anyways, moving on from Nottingham Forest, we, uh, we got to the Blades, Sheffield United. Obviously, incredible achievement to get straight back up yeah. to uh, to the Premier League. Um, this club and group of players have some Premier League experience. Um, they haven't gotten many players in from the transfer no. window. Their squad, I feel like, largely still championship caliber. Uh, I'm not optimistic about uh, Sheffield Wednesday. No. Excuse me. Um, I think they are going to be relegated. They're going to finish 19th, in my opinion. I had them relegated as well. I had them, I think I end up with 18th. Are just above Everton, but yeah. So I think they might no even. I will say this now: Sheffield United and Everton, who I predict to be relegated, might even have both even have more than uh, more than thirty-five points. Yeah, and still relegated. Maybe one of them might even have more than forty points. I think there'll be a reasonably close amount of points between, say, Forest, Burnley, Sheffield United, and Everton. Yeah. As you say, it's possibly going to be in the mid to high 30s for all of them um, but yeah I've got Sheffield Sheffield United I say I was earlier I was coming over over Burnley but if Burnley if I decide on that Burnley surviving then Sheffield United's the one that's going down so yeah now moving on from uh, Sheffield United. We go back to North London, where we started. We get Tottenham Hotspur. Um, they've got in a bunch of players, including a new manager. Um, they've got James Madison from Leicester. Yeah. Um, Pedro Porro from Sporting. Dejan Kulikovsky from uh, Juventus. Um, and a few other players, Guglielmo Vicario, who I'm not not too sure, uh, not that acquainted with, and Menor Solomon from Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, they've gotten a bunch of new players. Look, I think Ange Postacoglu is a really good manager, um, but he's come into a very difficult season. Um, yeah. I can't see them... Like, I predicted Chelsea would finish six just because they have no European football, and I also think Spurs are not going to have Harry Kane play. Yeah, that's going to be the big question mark, really. Is, yeah. Is there going to be a Kane or not? But it's very yeah. unlikely that he will play for Spurs. Yeah. And the, so I think Spurs, uh, because I've predicted Villa to finish 7th and Chelsea to finish 6th, um, but I think I'm going to adjust that. I know I said Villa would be the best of the rest. I think that if they have a deep Europa run, which I feel more and more is what's likely for Villa, they're, I think they're going to finish 8th. I think Spurs are going to finish 7th under Chelsea. Yeah. But I well, wouldn't be surprised if those two clubs swapped around. And I also wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea and Spurs, one of those two clubs, were to finish fifth above Liverpool. I'm just predicting Spurs will finish seventh just based on what's there. 
And I, it's very difficult for me. To, like, I know what Mauricio Pochettino is going to do at Chelsea because he's an experienced Premier League manager. Um, and he's been at two different clubs with two different groups of players. So I know what he, you know, I know he's capable of being a good manager in the Premier League. And I don't know. It's very tough in your first season in the Premier League. I mean, right. I predicted Ben Hag was going to finish sixth last season. I mean, I've got Spurs at seventh as well. Um, so a little bit of that, yeah, is going to be. There, there's probably a, a large error rate applied to that based on, you know, Kane playing, not playing, assuming not. But then, what do they do with all that Kane money that they get? So, and how much Kane money do they get? Since it's, yeah. it's getting less, and you know, time's running out on his contract, so clubs may not be willing to fork out a whole heap to get him now if they can just wait a year and get him next year for free so yeah but at the moment you're yeah. going seventh spurs seventh so the bottom of the the quote-unquote big clubs yeah yeah seemed seemed about right depending you say what happens with with kane but i'm assuming he's moving on and then anybody they get in you know, it's probably coming from outside the Premier League and therefore will take a season or two, which will mean it's it's falling on um, on, on Rickarlison to, to lead the line for the majority of the season, which he can do. Yeah. I don't know if he can... if he's going to be producing the goal level of that, which means we're back to Sun as well, to more pressure on him to, to get goals, so... Yeah, it's a tough situation for him if he loses Kane. If Kane stays, they'll finish fifth. Like if, I'm just saying, because it's Kane. If, if Kane stays, that they're good for probably a spot or two. So it'd be interesting. I think it'll make it a lot more compared to my middle bracket, which is sort of the Newcastle down to Aston Villa, maybe Fulham, sort of. Liverpool, so like, they'll push Spurs have a relatively up. more refreshed squad than Liverpool. Um, and just Kane is worth so many points in a season. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said, I am assuming Kane is going to leave probably yeah. to Bayern Munich. So they, um, that's why I predict they're going to be seventh. Um, Next up, we have West Ham United, Europa Conference League champions, vanquishers of Jose Mourinho. So sad, many, but also so Many, funny. many, yeah, many, many um, things. I think West Ham have... Uh, West Ham have played. Uh, real, uh, West Ham have a bunch of good players leave the club, mm. um, including Declan Rice, who's probably the most important player in the team. Yeah. Um, they've got Denny. They haven't gotten anyone new in so far. No. Um, I don't know if David Moyes will stay. I could even see him at some point leave to go and try and help keep Everton back up. Yeah. Yeah. That is potentially League, uh, okay. West Ham do have money, so they can get players in. Um, 
So I see they've been trying to get um, Gallagher from Chelsea so far. And Goretzka is from Bayern Munich. Yeah. And look, they're in the Europa League. They can attract players. If you give David Moyes a decent squad, he will get you back up the table. I could see West Ham get back up to ninth if David Moyes gets some good players. But they they had a decent squad anyway. They just had a down year. Yep. Really. Um, I, let's... Working a bit backwards. Who did I have finishing fifth? Uh, I don't. We've got Wolves and West Ham left. I don't think I picked a fifty. I think I'm left with fifteenth and fourteenth. Because, because right. uh, I predicted Brentford would be ninth, and I predicted um, uh, that uh, Fulham would remain tenth, and Chelsea. Uh, sorry, Fulham uh, would. Uh, would remain 10th, Brighton would go down to 12th, and I think I said that uh, Crystal Palace would be 11th, because that's just where they always finish. Um, I don't know who I had at 13th. Um, oh, I think I had AFC Bournemouth at 15th, like they were just yeah. staying in that position. So I've got 13th and 14th left, it's Wolves and West Ham. Half a dozen one way, six the other. I think West Ham are not as good, are not going to have as good a squad as Wolves. Um, and West, Wolves probably also have a very uh, a, a better manager. So, okay, West Ham will finish 14th. There you go. Easy. I have to do it by elimination. Like, that's the only position left. Because Wolves are going to finish above them, I think. Yeah. I had West Ham at 13th. Basically, for the same reasons you did, which is. As far as I can tell, I had 10th and 13th left on my list, and Wolves are a better team than, than West Ham. You're going to put them 10th, and I'm going to put Wolves at 14th. Let's just have a quick gander at Wolves' transfer business. Um, they've gotten in Matt Doherty, Bobakar, uh, Trorore, and Tom King uh, from Northampton Town. Um, uh, they had a bunch of players coming in the January window, as we suspected they would. Um, had a few players go out on loan. Nobody who I think is particular, other than Nathan Collins, who I think is a really good player. Um, and Connor Cody to, yeah. oh wait, Nathan Collins, Connor Cody, and Ruben Nieves. Okay, yeah. they've had a decent amount of good players leave. Yeah, yeah. So, 13th is not unfair. They've got a good manager. They're not like you. Know, I don't think they'll finish ha much higher. Um, yeah, and Matt Doherty returning. Hmm? Jimenez was leaving as well, yeah? Yeah, Jimenez is probably possibly leaving as well. Yeah, so that's... Okay. Yeah. I mean, you think about I... the big holes there. But... Yeah, I think that does it for me. I think it's happy. To, I'm happy with 13th for Wolves. It makes sense. It like fits in the rest of the pattern. Like with Aston Villa, I'm like, I slowly realized I overrated them and I had to push them down. I think Wolves, that's fair. They're not going to finish much lower. I think they'll be higher than the teams below them that, I'm, that I've placed as well. I'm happy with my... So if I... I was, I was going to drop them down to 12th, which bumps um, Crystal Palace and... and um, Brentford up, 
so just yeah, it's not I mean, too different. Yeah, we're just it's not too different. But I mean, oh. yeah, I sort of feel I say I thought Aston is the best. The rest wolves are part of that. The rest for me. So there's sort of a a, a clump of teams Aston Villa down to sort of Brighton uh, level, which is moment eighth through the fourteenth, which is reasonable chunk of teams which are almost interchangeable. Like they will all compete with each other. They could potentially take a draw or a win off a top team um, if, when they're yeah. having good days. They will be well away from relegation, and the order that they occupy that mid-table um, will just depend on what kind of year they're having. So it's trying to sort those lot into what yeah. seems the likely the order that they'll come out as. But I wouldn't be surprised yeah. anywhere in that sort of. Um, Six-ish teams, is it? One, two, three, six or seven teams. Yeah, what order they come out at, they could all. Yeah, I mean, if I like, so if we summarize it, I had basic. I went from I went Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal, um, Newcastle, Liverpool in my top five. Mhm. Well, so and had you had City, City, Arsenal, United, Newcastle, then Chelsea. I then said Chelsea would finish 6th, um, Spurs 7th, and Aston Villa 8th, followed by uh, Brentford and um, Fulham. So I think I had, so I had Liverpool, Spurs, I'm pretty sure I had at 6th and 7th, Aston Villa 8th, I think I had Fulham at 9th, and then I've moved Crystal Palace up to 10th, and Brentford to 11th. Yeah. And I think I said Chelsea, uh, Palace 11th, um, just to remain the same, and um, who did I say was going to be 12th? Brighton was going to be 12th, um, 13th I said was going to be, um, a, I just said it, Wolves, and 15th was going to be West Ham. I just realised I said Brighton was 13th because it's one below you. Uh-huh. So yeah, the same. Was it Brentford eleventh? So West Ham twelfth. I just said, and then Brighton. And no. Yeah, and Brighton thirteenth. And then whoever else I've missed in there. You've got Wolves at fourteenth. Wolves. Yeah, Wolves at fourteenth. Yes, that's fine. And who was your fifteenth? West Ham. No, West Ham was. Um, no, Wolves was twelfth. West Ham was fourteenth. Yep, and so who's your 15th? Bournemouth, and then Bournemouth, Bournemouth Forest, Burnley, stay up, and then Sheffield United, Everton, and Luton Town to go down. Yeah, so I had Bournemouth at 16th, um, Forest at 17th, and Burnley at 18th, and then um, uh, Sheffield United at 19th, and Luton Town at 20th, yep. So our relegation is more or less the same, and the order is slightly different. And also, um, what it changes is through that mid mid pack. But as I say, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised at any order that mid pack comes out at. So yeah, it's hard, notoriously difficult to predict that mid pack. I mean, in theory, even like because I'm predicting Everton to get relegated, like. It could be West Ham instead, 
mm. depending on what happens. It could be Bournemouth if the new manager doesn't do well. It's it's very uh, everything's topsy turvy in the Premier League, and there's still a whole three weeks before there's a whole month before the transfer window ends. It, a lot can change in that time. A lot can change. Yes, exactly. So, but yeah, I'm happy with the predictions I've made. It it actually <laughs> made sense and like it <laughs> it like pushed up correctly. And just before we go, we have to shout out the White Ferns, first ever New Zealand team to win at the Football World Cup. Yes, it was great. I was there. About... It was such a great time. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, when they missed that, when the penalty was missed, I was like squeaky bum time, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. All that worked last, last nine minutes of added time in the crowd. Oh, the nerves going around the crowd was, was insane. As everybody just yeah. willed the the ref to blow full time, especially because it ends up being, I think, about 10 Nine minutes of, of, of added time. Well, there was two VAR yeah. checks. And during regular, the second yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, so, it was fair. Like, I'm not saying it wasn't unfair. It's just like, wow, there was long so time. much. And it's just, yeah, oh. Especially when she then adds an extra about minute, minute and a half on the end. That time is just, whew, you're like, it's nine minutes, come on. Where's our whistle? We need our whistle. And Norway's just piling on the attacks as they just throw everything forward that they can. So, yeah, yeah. So see, see, tonight, unfortunately, the Ferns haven't backed up that great win they win and lost to the philippines 1-0 so yeah yeah but shout out to the philippines they're also yeah. get their first ever world cup uh, victory i think this is their first uh, this is the first time it's first the philippines are at to make world it to a world cup ever so that's yeah, it's big time for them they've made yeah. it here they've sc- they scored a goal and they won a match so Pretty yeah they had to do um, that bit against the football ferns but hey such is life uh, yeah exactly Indeed, such as life, but oh, it's yeah. been an awesome season. Like, yeah, so very, very good. Um, the the tournament, should say, like it's just been two, three games now, and all of them been so much fun. Yeah, I can imagine because it looks the crowd like this. I. Highly, highly recommend to anybody who's still able to get tickets, and there are still tickets available yeah. in the New Zealand venues, especially if you're in Auckland. There is nothing like Eden Park when it's full for a football yeah. game. I was there like on Monday 90- night, which was yeah. Italy, Argentina, and that was like thirty plus, thirty thousand plus fans, thirty-one, thirty-two thousand fans, something like that, and that was an awesome atmosphere. Argentinian mm. fans, Italian fans, just going nuts, and it was just. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. A packed Eden Park cannot be beaten. It is the best yeah. place to watch any sport. Yeah, a packed Eden Park is the best stadium in the country by miles for any sport. It's just that it's very rarely packed. Um, that being, like, you know, I will die on the hill that both North Harbour Stadium and Mount Smart Stadium is better for watching football codes. Yeah, yeah. Just because you're closer to the action and you know they both have their own great atmosphere when yeah. you go to watch the games there um but you know eden park can't be beat i think the thing about mount smart and and albany is that um you don't need a full crowd there to yeah. get that great atmosphere like they you're closer in everything's 
just there. Just... Even like baseball games, which have like a thousand ga- player fans at yeah. at Albany, it's a great atmosphere. It's a great atmosphere. Well, so yeah, Eden Park. If you don't have it full, it just can feel very empty. But once mm. it's full, it's just it's a next level. It's it really is that you know hit or miss sort of stadium. You get get a critical mass of fans there, and it's beyond belief. But underneath that and you may as well have had the game at, say, Mount Smart or Albany, and it would have been a much more entertaining time. Sorry, I was just going to say shout-out to the fans who did go, because Eden Park has the highest attendance for any sport is now that Women's World Cup opener um, uh, for, for the White Ferns against... Yeah. I think for any match, isn't it? For any no, no, like sporting all... event. No, rugby... Rugby and cricket would have more. It was 42,000, so most rugby matches have more than that. Well, most All Blacks matches have more than that, and at the very least, some Black Cats matches have matched that all past. In the past. Yeah, I'm sure World Cup semis, for example, would have... The World Cup final, Rugby World Cup final um, at Eden Park was 60,000. So. Right, Which okay. Is yeah, the record in New Zealand. So. But that's they had a whole heap of temporary and it, um, seating up for that one. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think uh, it can. I think the max capacity is forty-eight thousand when you don't have that temporary. Yes, like that forty-eight fifty thousand. That. So. Yeah. But yeah, it was the highest. Um, I think each of. Well, the the first two games, the football Ferns versus Norway and USA versus Vietnam, were the two highest attended football matches in New Zealand ever. No other qualifiers needed. Just. Only one being football matches, um, and I'd say as long as you take out cricket and rugby, you probably. Because um, we had gone to the other, we we had gone to the other most uh, well attended yes. football match in New Zealand in 2009 in yeah, Wellington. It was the Bahrain game, so that was great. So yeah, I've seen both the what I would call the the most critical goals of New Zealand football in recent memory, um, live, which is yeah. Uh, Rory Fallon's yeah. goal to send us to South Africa, and then um, Hannah Wilkinson's goal to to beat Norway. So, um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, the the three matches at Eden Park have based so far were basically sellouts. So that's the Football Ferns one, the USA one, and even the the Mexico, uh, the um, Argentina Italy one. So it's slightly downgraded. So from I think it was about forty two, forty three thousand to forty. 40, 41,000 for the USA game, down to about 32,000 on Monday night for the Italian Argentina game. But um, still, like, those are pretty high numbers for any sports um, attendance in New Zealand, especially if you take out rugby. You know, yeah. Cricket, like, the two actual top sports. And even then, those are beating any sporting event that's not, you know, all blacks, black caps, basically. And the yeah. um, Rugby World Cup, Women's World Cup final last year, or the Women's um, Games last year at the World Cup. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's pretty good work, really. And it's yeah, good. definitely. And I think, definitely, if you are in New Zealand, especially, do go and watch. We are definitely going to talk about the tournament. We've been watching as many games as we can. Yeah. And as you can see, the Fool's gone to games. I am hopefully going to be going to games next week yeah. myself. So, 
We are hoping to have a going to, hoping to review the tournament after the group stages are over. Hopefully, mm -hmm. we'll see the white ferns there. Yeah. Um, I've got tickets uh, to the to the. I'm being optimistic still, even after the loss to the Philippines for being top of Group A, the Eden Pack uh, round of 16 game. So, Look for that. Yeah. Um, other thing to mention is our fantasy um, Premier League draft will be on the 4th of August, which is Friday week. So I'll get sign-ups up for that soon and, and post it up. Def and definitely look to join. It's going to be a great year, a great season. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening so far, and you've come to the end, and we wish you all the best, and go the football ferns, yes. Yes, go the football ferns. Catch you next time. Catch you next time. Well, that is the end. Thanks for listening all the way through. If you liked what you heard, be even more. Find Sex Sport to Discord and a Buy Me a Coffee. Pretty sure it's Buy Me a Beer. Oh yeah, Buy Me a Beer on buymeacoffee.com. In both these places, you can talk to us, and we may even listen. Especially if you do buy a said beer. Or coffee. I might still be confused. Yes, we're easily bribed. All links are in the show notes below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This is on YouTube. <laughs>